Hello and welcome. My name is Robin Marriott of Property EU, and I'm delighted to be hosting the second edition of the Urban Land Institute's Vanguard podcast series following last year's successful launch. Now, as many of you know, the ULI brings together real estate and land use experts from around the world with a clear mission to shape the world via the built environment and have a transformative impact on neighborhoods, cities and communities. And this podcast series focuses on that future and that transformative impact. Now, the ULI's Young Leaders Group recently selected 10 outstanding young professionals already making waves in the industry, calling them the new real estate vanguard. And I'm delighted to be sat opposite one of them, Raphael Sheps, who is CEO and co-founder of the UK construction technology company Converge. Raphael, welcome. Thank you very much. Really excited to be here. So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So I'm uh, actually not from a built environment or construction background originally. Um, I'm a physicist by background. So I uh, grew up in Geneva, Switzerland. I'm Swiss-Israeli. Uh, so I have family back in Tel Aviv um, and uh, ended up doing a, an undergrad at Cambridge, which is what really brought me to the UK in uh, physics and then a master's in mathematics. Um, so I knew quite a lot about sensor systems, complex systems. Um, and I discovered the world of, uh, of construction shortly after Cambridge. Um, when uh, my co-founder and I, so he was a, an astrophysicist from Cambridge as well, uh, were really looking at the the use of sensors um, to characterize complex systems in industry. I have to share something with you, first of all, before we delve into this, because I want the listener to understand um, essentially what your company does. But I, just a few years ago, I remember one of my friends um, from football asked me, oh, Robin, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm an editor of a magazine. And he said, um, oh, which one? I said, well, you've never heard of it, but it's to do with uh, property and construction. And he paused for a while and, he's, and he said, oh, so uh, do you write about cement? <laughs> I was looking, looking down my nose at him. I said, I don't write about cement. I, I, write, I write about billion dollar deals, investment deals and so on and so forth. So I guess this is poetic justice for me. Uh, so because your company is actually intrinsically involved in the cement business so why don't you uh, tell tell the listeners actually how how that is and, and what it does yeah absolutely uh, and i think I've, i guess i've got a bit of a similar story i went from looking at the stars and and how physical systems interact across the universe to looking at you know the built environment on on earth um i think what i mean it, it all really started when we uh my co-founder and i were looking at the, the use of sensors across across industry and we, we met one of the largest construction groups in the uk uh langer rook langer rook construction um and Langerok took us onto a construction site. Um, we'd never been onto a construction site. I think it's the first time I ever put a hard hat on, steel toe cap boots, high vis. Um, and we started realizing one, how foundational the construction sector was, one of the most foundational industries out there. Um, but at the same time, how um, deeply under digitized the industry was. Um, so when we set out to build Converge, we, we looked at really digitizing physical reality of construction. Uh, we've really been doing what physicists have always been doing in the world of physics, which is measure the world, try and understand it, look to predict it, uh, but actually apply that to the construction industry. And specifically, we, we started with cement and concrete. Um, when we, we went on that site visit, we'd identified that concrete sat on the critical path of project delivery. When you're building a high-rise tower, you can't build the 21st floor if the 20th floor isn't ready to go and if the concrete's not hit strength. Um, and so the concrete structure sits at the, the center of the construction process. Um, and traditional testing of concrete was very traditional, very time-consuming, and very inefficient. Um, and we realized that through sensors and data, you could look to massively optimize the productivity of concrete construction um, by essentially generating real-time data on, on the behavior of concrete. 
So, so what does Converge actually do? Well, we actually embed sensors, um, uh, well, install sensors on the construction site. Some of those get embedded in concrete, ultimately gather data about the behavior of that concrete, and use that data to inform the productivity of the construction process, um, as well as the selection of the concrete type as well. Um, and that's where you know there's a big angle as well, or a big impact on, on the carbon content of that material. And the more we started deepening on the sector, the more we realized that not only it was deeply inefficient, deeply under-digitized, uh, but it was also one of the most polluting sectors. And concrete and, and cement specifically accounts for 8% of global CO2. Uh, that's three times as much as aviation. Um, and there was a huge opportunity to start using, I guess, the, the data and, and insights we could gather from all these sensors to, to also um, act as a lever on, on decarbonization of concrete. Thanks, Raphael. So there I was thinking I would never get into cement. <laughs> As, as a journalist, but I've looked around your website and I just want to show you something because I think it's quite informative for the listeners to get. So here we have a case study that you have been working on. It's to do with 40 Leadenhall, which is a, a very big office block, isn't it, in London. It's been developed by M&G uh, and it's also nicknamed Gotham City. And I'm reading here that this is a 34-storey tower and your clients what they what they've actually been asked to do is to build the concrete cores and then use a sort of a hydraulic self-climbing framework that goes up now your sensors get embedded into the cement there on upon each pore and what this does is gives the the engineers real-time information on how that concrete is setting or curing i think the jargon is and what that means is that they can be sure scientifically on a database that uh they know exactly the, from the first moment when it is safe to hydraulically lift that level up so they can begin on the next one, which means that when the workers come to work on the project, say in the morning, there's no flaffing around, there's no messing around, they can get to work on whatever they need to do immediately, thus saving man hours. Now, I've probably uh, described that shockingly, but perhaps you can just, uh, yeah, just perhaps fill in some of the gaps there and explain as sort of a real life scenario for us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think if you take, I mean, that's a, that's a great example of a typical project for us. Um, I mean, high-rise construction is, is heavily linear and, and constrained. You know, you, you can't move to the next stage of works until you finish the previous stage of works because you're, you're building a, a linear you know, tower. You, you can only really go up and you can only go up when you're ready to go. Um, so I think in that, in that particular project, we were actually um, using our technology in, in the core. So when you'll see a high-rise building being built, you'll typically see the, the core, think of it as the, the elevator shaft being built first, and then the slabs follow after that. Um, it's quite common around London when you start seeing you know, a lot of these sky, skyscrapers being built. Uh, and then ultimately, um, the, you can think of concrete like a cake. You're pouring it into a mold. It starts to heat up. It hardens or cures over time, and then eventually it's you know, ready to go, and you can demold it, and you can move on. Um, in the context of a core, you often use a system called a, a, a jump form system. So it's a, a, the, th the formwork are the, the molds that actually concrete gets poured into. Um, and what's particular about the way you build cores is you, you have formwork systems that allow you to, to build sections and then sort of jump upwards and build the next section, essentially, using, using those um, hydraulic mechanisms that you referenced earlier. Uh, and so really the, the value proposition um, for that particular project was all about being able to cycle through each floor faster. Um, and we're consistently seeing that we can enable construction of concrete structures using concrete DNA. So that's the name of the, the product that uh, we've built that, that sort of centers around concrete and concrete insights, 30% um, faster. And you know, depending on the project, it might be 20, 30. We've had cases of it being 50% faster. 
um, uh, as well, because um, fundamentally when concrete sits on the critical path, um, you, you really need to get to, to grips with how that concrete's behaving. Um, and that's what our technology allows you to do in real time um, on your phone or, or on, a, on a web platform. Excellent. So just taking you back on uh, perhaps the beginning of the journey. So you end up going to, was it Cambridge, did you say, to study maths yep. and physics? Absolutely. Now, ca can you tell me that you contemplated playing a role in the constructions and property sector as you just described it back then? <laughs> um, uh, I think I think the, the honest answer is probably no. Um, uh, if, if you were to talk to uh, you know me ten years ago and, and tell me i'd be I'd be looking at optimizing concrete I think i'd I'd certainly uh, wouldn't believe you um I mean the the, the closest I think you get to it is there, there is a, a a video from 20 years ago I think I was about eight years old talking about how housing was a, a massive issue across the planet uh, and and the affordable housing would be a um, a key requirement for us to scale so I guess there was a, a bit of inspiration early on. But then I, I did quickly turn to, to actually looking looking up at the universe before before making my way back to uh, to the built environment. And so actually, um, most of my time at Cambridge was focused on um, cosmology, string theory, astrophysics. So looking at how the universe evolves. Uh, but in many regards, that's not too different to. I mean, the the, the skills and and the the frameworks you learn to try and explain the universe is actually not too dissimilar to the the way one might want to explain how a construction site works. Um, so. It's a peril I never thought I would make, um, but when I discovered the construction sector and how foundational it was and how under-digitized it was, both my co-founder and I started realizing we could apply a lot of the skill set that we'd would really uh, learned in an entirely different context, which was understanding how the universe works uh, to uh, to the, the domain of the, the built environment and the built world around us. It's amazing. Now, when you meet strangers or perhaps you tell friends or family what you do, do you explain to them that you're uh, in construction, in property, or do you explain to them that you're an entrepreneur, or do you say that actually you are a tech guy? <laughs> um, so, so when I get asked what I do at a, a, a at a bar, it always ends up with a, a, a small moment of dread as I have to <laughs> contemplate explaining all sorts of things about concrete construction and how it all works. Um, I tend to keep it short and start with, um, you know, I, I uh, co-founded a startup that optimizes and decarbonizes construction using um, data and AI. Um, and then you start to, to scratch, uh, uh, you know, the surface and start going under the surface and, and really looking to, to explain what that means. So typically the first question that ends up being, oh, well, what, what do you measure? Um, and, and that's when you start going into, well, you know, we look at the materials and concrete is where we started, but we also look at the tools. Um, and if you think of a construction site, it's made up of people using tools in an environment to move material. So if you can actually start gathering data about the people, the tools, the material, and the environment, then you've started to build a, a complete model of construction. And that's actually the, the end goal for Converge is really building out this entire model of the construction process using sensor information. Concrete was actually just, just the beginning of a much longer journey for us. And hopefully by the time you finish explaining that, the person from the bar hasn't actually started to walk away. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, occasionally that happens. Um, <laughs> and I've had a few unique moments where people actually are genuinely interested. <laughs> now, we're genuinely interested. Now, you mentioned decarbonization. A few weeks ago, you announced a funding round, didn't you? And I think it was, uh, well, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about this because it is relevant. It, would, it also instructs us as to where this industry can head. What kind of role can a company like yours play yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm super excited to have announced a, a sort of $20 million um, investment round. Um, it was led by a, a US-based fund called OGCI Climate Investments. Um, OGCI Climate Investments, um, or, so OGCI stands for the Oil and Gas Climate Initiative. 
Uh, it's actually backed uh, by some of the largest energy companies, um, you know, Total, BP, um, Shell, um, who um, have essentially created this independent consortium specifically focused on decarbonization. Um, what's really interesting about that is, is you've actually got an incredible team, super scientific in their approach to, to decarbonization, um, um, looking to deploy over a billion dollars um, across uh, you know, their first fund, and they've got a number of other sort of in initiatives as well. Um, so very much a specialist decarbonization investor. We felt very much um, mission aligned with the team over there. Um, we, as a company, didn't start as, a, as an impact company. It was very much about optimizing time efficiency. Um, and, and, you know, we founded Converge I mean, over seven years ago now. So it, it's been a while. It was at the, the dawn of construction tech before construction tech was cool. Um, and, um, and at the time, I think decarbonization was not on the agenda of most construction companies. It was all about how do you hit the bottom line? How do you optimize my construction costs? Um, and so the, the value proposition very much centered around that. Over time, as we've gathered more and more data, in particular about concrete, we started to realize that that data can have a, an impact on the carbon content of that concrete. You're seeing lots of novel concretes, novel chemistries. You might have seen um, the likes of Carbon Cure, which you know captures uh, carbon into into concrete or, or solidia um, on the sort of carbon capture side, but also new concretes like SEM-free that are using novel materials that are cement-free, and, and as a result, sort of um, net zero in terms of carbon impact. Um, and, and so we started realizing um, that, that all this data we'd gathered about the behavior of concrete could really impact um, the carbon content of concrete. Um, and I think that the biggest sort of realization or impact we can have, um, uh, I mean, we came to this realization as we were doing a lot of impact modeling uh, alongside OGCI, actually, um, was that by, uh, by helping influence the cement content of existing chemistries, um, and, and you know, we estimate that there's about 10 to 15% of excess cement in most concretes, um, you'd be looking at a global opportunity of about 400 million tons of CO2 that could be reduced, just attributable to essentially overdosing of cement and concrete. Uh, people put a bunch of extra cement into concrete because we don't have good data, and, and Converge can help solve that problem. Well, wow. now you mentioned you, you started this, uh, was it eight years ago, so 2014? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you just explain, when was the moment that you realized, oh my gosh, I'm actually going to found a company, this is the name, where did the name come from, by the way, and what were your experiences of setting up the company and building out a team? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we actually joined an incubator called Entrepreneurs First that you might have heard of. Um, so it was, it was right at the beginning of EF. Uh, these days, EF is a pretty uh, pretty huge uh, sort of tech uh, um, investor. At the time, I think it was five or six people. Um, and um, my co-founder and I had, had applied right after Cambridge, uh, ended up um, joining sort of what they called Cohort 3 um, with all sorts of ideas about the future. Um, really what led us to converge was this common fascination for digitizing the physical world. Um, it, it was all about sensors and how could sensors help optimize industries. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think EF was a, a huge catalyst to then, um, you know, look at, look at building out, building out converge. Um, and from, uh, uh from there, we discovered the construction industry quite serendipitously, uh, when we met Lang O'Rourke actually, um, and Lang O'Rourke took us onto a construction site and, and really did come to that realization that that there was so much to do in that sector. And at the time, most people thought we were totally crazy to want to disrupt construction. I mean, I, I remember the the very first investment round we raised, it was, a, I guess you could call it a pre-pre-seed. Um, it was about 400K back at the uh, back end of 2015. Um, and uh, our, our investors explicitly told us, we're investing because we like you, but we're pretty sure that within six months, you're going to pivot to another industry. 
Um, and it, it, you know, it's pretty nice seven, eight years later to be able to say, well, actually, we, we stuck it out in this sector and, and, uh, and actually the thesis was correct. We were perhaps a few years early uh, to the market, but um, certainly these last three years, COVID had a, a tremendous positive impact, surprisingly, on, on the digitization of the construction sector uh, and, and accelerated the need for digital technologies. Exactly. Looking at your website, by the way, so listeners, we're looking at his homepage now. Who who are we? Now, look at look at this. We are a convergence, you call yourself. Now, it's, then it says our ever-growing team is diverse, okay, skilled. Yeah, I can, I can believe that. But then it says, and seriously good-looking. <laughs> So you're obviously not short of uh, confidence. Yeah, absolutely. No, we do call ourselves Convergence. We've built a, a strong culture at the company. I think it was, uh, uh, I mean, we both my co-founder and I saw, you know, building that that strong culture as a, a bedrock to, to building a, a, an exciting business. Um, ultimately, um, what was quite remarkable, I remember a few years into the business, we'd grown to, you know, about 15, 20 people, and we very quickly realized we had just as many nationalities across the business. Um, and I think we, we'd grown at some point to about 25, 30 and realized we had we had over 18 nationalities across that, um, which was um, was really nice in, in terms of sort of the, the diversity of thinking um, and thought that that brought to the table. Um, we've also wanted to build a, a you know, very collaborative culture, uh, but also a very scientific one. Uh, and that one lands differently with different people. Uh, but we very much operate um, on the basis of the, the scientific method. We, we have hypotheses. We look to validate uh, or corroborate or falsify those uh, and then build the business out that way. Yes, it says eight, uh, no, 11 languages between you. It also says, I really hesitate to ask this question. It says three species. Uh, dare I even ask what that means on your we- your own website there? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let you ask our marketing director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll get back to us on 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 that one. So looking looking back now uh, on when you started up the company to where you are uh, today, are there are there kind of any things that you wish you had known um, then that you do know now that would help people that are thinking of you know being becoming entrepreneurs getting or getting into this sector? Yeah, there's probably loads. Yeah. Um, so the question is, where do I start? Um, the yeah, the, the, there's there's a few a few areas. I mean, some that are more construction specific or construction tech specific uh, that, that I think are really relevant, um, and others that are that are maybe a bit a bit more generalized. Um, I think to anybody looking at construction tech, uh, the the one piece of advice that I'd, I'd give is is it's um it's a it's a highly taxonomized industry. Um, so by that I mean towers, bridges hospital projects, uh, tunnels, they're all very different, right? I mean, uh, and at, at surface level, you might go, okay, well, you've got infrastructure, you've got residential real estate, you've got commercial real estate, you've got industrial um, uh, sort of structures. Uh, but for a long time, we we started off building a product that was geared at, at like too broad of a segment. Um, and um, and we started realizing that actually we needed to we needed to taxonomize the construction sector. And in our case, that came by, by kind of looking at, at sort of segments, but also types of construction methodologies. So whether you were building a, a tower using post-tension concrete or whether it was a regular reinforced concrete frame uh, was a, a huge, um, had a huge bearing on whether or not, you know, you were delivering value to the end customer. Um, and, and then the um, um, the type of elements you might be pouring, whether you were, you were building a, a foundation or, you know, a beam. Um, I mean, all, all of these parameters started forming part of whether or not we had product market fits. And, and you know, the 
the common piece of advice you'll often get when you start a startup is, you know, the first thing you got to do is get to product market fit. Um, because once you get to product market fit, then you can start scaling the value proposition. Uh, but in construction, you really got to focus on who are you actually selling to? Uh, because it, it's a highly fragmented market. That means there's a ton of opportunity, but it also means you, you need to, to sort of build the right layers of abstraction to think about those those different sub-segments and build a product that's as, apl uh, as massively applicable to all of them as possible, but but one step at a time. So kind of segment by segment. Um, and, and that's a kind of a, I mean, I, you know, I remember a few years ago, we we had sort of feedback coming from our customers. Some loved the product, some were like, oh, it was nice, but it, you know, wasn't necessarily a must have and super confusing. And, and then the more you start digging in, the more you realize, oh, well, actually the, the fragmentation of that market means you really got to start thinking about, uh, you know, these complex segments um, individually. Question now about leadership, if that's okay. Uh, it looks like a, a young company. Uh, you've mentioned, I think, working collaboratively, but just speaking personally, do you uh, have a leadership style? Have you had one developed or are you still developing? What kind of sort of founder and CEO do you see yourself as? Wow, uh, what a question. <laughs> do I have a leadership style? I mean, I, I think... Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if what, what I'll say and what my team would say are, are one and the same. Uh, <laughs> well, we, we can check. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, listen, I mean, it, it comes back to the culture across the organization, right? So there's, there's kind of four key behaviors that, that we've um, uh, set out at the company. Um, collaborative is, is one of them. Scientific is another. Uh, outcome focus is a third. And, and ultimately, sort of responsible is the fourth. So it's about building a, a culture where... You know, if a fire's burning and it's not yours, you don't just let it burn. That's what we mean by responsible. By collaborative, it's always about assuming best intent um, on, on the other side um, of, uh, of people you're working with. By scientific, it's about sort of taking a data-driven data approach. And, and by um, uh, by outcome-focused, it, you know, it really comes down to, well, you've got to focus on what your outcomes are rather than your tasks. And, you know, I've, I've seen cases of people doing 100 tasks to only realize the wrong outcome. And that, that's always, you know, heartbreaking because... You've got someone dedicated doing a bunch of work, but actually realizing the, the wrong thing. Um, now, going back to, you know, what does that mean in terms of my leadership style? Um, I mean, I'd like to, to think we're quite a sort of, you know, bottoms up organization um, in, in that we're, um, um, we're looking to to really put the the individual contributors um, that are at sort of the edge of the organization uh, uh, front and center in, in the decision-making. They're ultimately the experts of, um, of their domains. Um, and so it's about building systems uh, across the organization that allow you to, to make the best decision based on based on the experience of those you know, those stellar individual contributors you're, you're bringing into the team. Um, Thank you. And in your mind, we've mentioned that recent uh, funding round that you've, you've, the investor that's come in, uh, obviously that's successful, a big milestone for the company. But in your mind, where, how big can this thing grow? Are you, what's the ultimate goal? Would it be an IPO, for example, in the fullness of time? Where do you see this thing going? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, we, we believe there's a, a multi-billion dollar opportunity to fundamentally uh, optimize and decarbonize construction using digital systems. Um, what, um, Converged us today is where well, we optimize concrete, um, but over time we see that evolving to optimizing materials, and then beyond materials, optimizing resources on construction, um, and decarbonizing the the entire sort of construction sector using digital technologies and digital um, tools as, as enablers. Um, so it's, it's really, I mean, we're really a data company, 
And we're using data to help inform decision-making within construction groups to allow them to optimize efficiency um, and sustainability. Um, and, and when you look at you know, the, the labor productivity gap that exists in construction, I mean, it, there's a $1.6 trillion labor productivity gap. Um, and then you look at the carbon emissions, you know, there's, there's essentially gigatons and gigatons of emissions that could be um, um, re reduced ultimately through through better visibility on um, on, on your actual kind of carbon impact as, as an industry. Uh, but all that requires a, a digital enabling layer. Uh, and, and that's where we see kind of Converge fit in as, as the, the physical intelligence platform. So there's, there's a bunch of platforms out there looking at financial intelligence, um, or they might be looking at design tools, that, you know, how, how do you better design buildings? The, the specific definition of, of where we want to be is a, a physical intelligence engine, uh, a platform that allows you to, to understand the ground physical truth of what's going on, um, and then feed that insight within the construction organization. We, we see it as a, an open and interoperable future. That that means that we're we're not the best sensor company. We're not the best uh, dashboarding tool, but you know we do think we can become the best physical intelligence platform, and then feed that intelligence to all the stakeholders that need it within construction companies. And, and that's where the multi-billion-dollar IPO uh, lies, in my view. Please stay in touch with me. <laughs> I will want to know you then when that happens for sure. Um, yeah, physical intelligence. I love that phrase, by the way. Yeah, that um, that's that's lovely. That says it all. Um, for those listening that want to become successful, you're still a young company. You yourself are still very young. Is there a single piece of advice that you can give listeners that want to want to be successful in there in this in this a uh, field like this? There's there's a few. Um, I, I... I think I think if you're talking construction tech specifically, get out there on the construction site and 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 listen. Uh, I'd say that's that's uh, that's probably the the biggest impact thing you could do. Which is what happened to you, right? With, yeah, yeah. And and I think yeah. combined across the organization, we must have spent thousands of hours on construction sites by now, understanding the pain points, understanding the challenges, and and that those learnings are invaluable. And anything more generally, F fundamentally, if, if I think back to our story, right? I mean, our our, our investors thought we were crazy early on, right? I mean, the, the broader investment market didn't think there was a market in, in construction tech. Um, and uh, and it really probably did come down to sort of a, a certain irrational conviction in our own views about about the industry, right? And, and so if you if you do believe you've, you've found a market, you found an opportunity, I'd, I'd, you know, you want to hold on to that conviction um, because, it, you know, the, the chances are that you, you've got a a gut feel about a particular sector for a reason, um, and, and you've identified an opportunity that's that's worth um, that's worth uh, going after. Um, and I, I guess if you combine that with what I said earlier, which is go go listen to the customer, um, then you know your your first idea might not be the right one, but um, so, so long as you've got you know the, the right level of conviction and the right amount of customer input, then I think ultimately you'll eventually iterate towards um, towards the right product. Yeah. So belief, belief, believe in your products, believe in yourselves, essentially. Absolutely. And just finally, is there any, uh, I don't know if you listen to podcasts or you have much time for reading, but is there a particular uh, book or podcast that you can recommend to people that would help them on their journey? Yeah, so I've, in the construction tech world, um, certainly the, the construction physics substack uh, is, a, is a really great um, set of articles on, on the dynamics of construction tech um, and opportunities that lie within it. Is that easy easy to find, by the way? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just just Google construction physics, um, and uh, and I think you'll find it in uh, on Google. And any other groups that people can look at to to, to join? Yeah. So if, if you're the founder of a construction tech startup, there's actually the the C Tech Club, uh, which is a, a group of um, over a hundred construction tech founders. 
there's a Slack channel, there's a WhatsApp group, um, and that's a super valuable resource to talk to other uh, construction tech founders about their journeys and stories. Check it out, listeners. There you go. You heard it from the horse's mouth. Thank you so much, Raphael Sheps. Uh, thank you for joining us on this podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about the other episodes of this series, go to the Young Leaders page on the ULI Europe website.